Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. It's Thursday, so with me is Levin Black. Hi, Levin. Well, hello there, Rob. It is Thursday, so that means it is the Gold Standard Podcast. Yes, I'm, you're fascinated by this every week. Our show is the gold standard. We're on the gold standard network. Are you good? Have you made your peace with that? I just feel like you could stress, like you could change it up saying, you know, welcome to another gold standard broadcast. You could say, welcome to the gold standard broadcast. You know, it's good to have a little variety when people have to hear you five days a week. Do you want to do the intro? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> it is nice to be able to sit here and just piss you off at the start of every show. Right. Just as usual, let me do the heavy lifting and you swoop in for your like six or seven comments during a show and then you go away for the week. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely go away from the week. I, I don't talk to you for the entire week. That is definitely that is true. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, three things we're going to get to on the show today. One, I wanted to ask Levin a question about Nick Bosa's contract and how it relates to the rest of the team. See, you wanted to talk to me. Skipping that. Two, <laughs> I asked you this question earlier in the offseason, and I'm going to ask it again because I think your answer is going to be different. And the question is, do you trust Kyle Shanahan with the quarterback position? And then number three, something that you and I argued about on Twitter uh, yesterday, the Sunday ticket and the fact that it's on YouTube TV, the pricing came out. There's other questions about the service that I think are going to be a big deal. So we'll get into that towards the end of the show. As always, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Help us get our star rating up. It is climbing, but we need it to go higher. It really, really does help the show. It'll help us get on the charts. If we get on the charts, it'll help us get sponsors. If we get sponsors, it'll help us get money so that I can actually, you know, feed my family. So just no pressure. Just saying, maybe leave a review. Uh, also, uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash at Gold Standard Network. All right, Levin, let's get into it. Nick Bosa is about to get a ton of cash. David Lombardi just wrote something for The Athletic, kind of outlining what he thinks the contract will be like. He's going to be the highest paid defensive player ever. I think that much is clear. That's going to put him in the ballpark of $30 million a year, which is basically to be the highest paid defensive player. 30 would make him the highest paid edge, but darn uh, Donald 
I think it was like right. 31 and a half. Yeah. So they, and he's going to want to beat that because that's just how these guys are. That's basically quarterback money. So is this whole idea that, oh, the Niners have this huge advantage with a cheap quarterback room, is that kind of negated by the contract that they're going to have to pay Nick Bosa? No, because Nick Bosa is the exact benefit you get. You don't get to pay a Nick Bosa $32 million a year if you're paying a quarterback 40 or $50 million a year. That's the direct benefit. So I don't feel like you can say it's negated. Like I, I, I get your line of thinking, but my point is, is that's why they can afford Nick Boza in this contract. If they had a quarterback making fifty million, I think there would be a lot of talk about, ooh, do the 49ers trade Nick Boza going on this offseason? You know, because they wouldn't be able to afford him. And I think in that scenario, the Niners probably would have done certain contracts a little differently because they would have wanted wiggle room to get out of, say, Kittle or they wouldn't have done Debo's contract and just let him go, or Armstead's contract would have been timed to where they could get out of it now in order to create enough cap space. But there would have been a major casualty if it wasn't for this really cheap quarterback room. So this is the direct benefit of having those quarterbacks that are cheap. But it's not like other teams don't have quarterbacks on big contracts with other high-paid players. I mean, that's, that's a thing. It's just like... Just because you have a highly paid quarterback doesn't mean you can't have any other good players. No, but you're not going to be like setting the market at the two most premium positions. What team out there is paying a quarterback at, at or very close to the top of the market and paying an edge at or very close to the top top of the market? There isn't one and there hasn't been one ever since the edge became such an expensive part of team building not to mention a left tackle at the top of the market a tight end at the top of the market a middle linebacker at the top of the market right there are definitely casualties coming and you got flack for hinting at one of those yeah (laughs) you got called out by the player himself (laughs) george kittle got big mad at me yeah big mad like because i would be surprised if george kittle's on the team two years from now I don't want to see him to go. I'm telling him. But when that quarterback contract has to come, there will be casualties. And it will either be none of these quarterbacks work out. I think in that scenario, Kittle is on the team. But I believe there's a better than not chance one of these quarterbacks is the franchise quarterback and gets a big deal. And when that happens, you pay quarterbacks big money if they're good enough to where you don't need to pay the supporting cast as good. That's what, you know, look at the chiefs. They paid Mahomes. Now, obviously Mahomes is a unicorn, but just in terms of roster building, they said, okay, our quarterback is so good. We're going to pay him. And that means we're getting rid of a Tyree kill because we can't afford to pay all of these premium players. You know, if he's going to be so good, then he can do it with average players that are a lot cheaper at wide receiver and tight end. Now, obviously, they kept the one tight end, but their wide receivers are, you know, a wasteland, essentially. So I think it is something to be watching for that if one of these quarterbacks emerges, whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, when it comes time to pay them in two years, there will be casualties and Kittle would be contract wise probably towards the top of the list. How dare you say that? How dare you use facts? and logic and years of watching how the NFL works to make an educated guess on something that might happen. How dare you? You deserve to be called out by every NFL player for that. I, I will say, like, I get it from Kittle's perspective, too. Like, you don't want to sit there and Yeah, he's mad about it. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, that's that's his life, you know, that we're talking about. So I, I get it. I, I see why he takes it personally. Sure. But that also doesn't mean I'm going to be wrong. Like, no. and it also doesn't mean I dislike George Kittle. I like Kittle. Look, you've seen his jersey. It's hanging up there in the background of my shot. It has been forever. But that doesn't change what I think might happen with him. You know, the, the 49ers, as much as I hate to admit it, don't run their franchise on the whims of Rob Guerrero. They don't really give a crap about me. So <laughs> if they if they want to keep a guy, they're going to keep him. If they want to cut him, they're going to cut him. So I'm trying. I was just trying to be objective about the whole thing 
I, I would love to get get him on the podcast. Hi, George, and get a true answer on: Do players like look at this? Is this something that they actually like spend time? Like, does it does it occur to them and weigh on their mind to a certain degree? Because you know everybody's human. We all have things that weigh on us about work. I wonder if they look at it and go, well, I know how my contract is set up. I know that they're going to have to pay a quarterback. So I know that that's timed with when my contract is easily capable of being ended or me traded or cut, you know, however they decide to do it. And so they sit here and they kind of look and know that that time is coming. You know, I'd love to get a true, honest answer from somebody that's kind of in that scenario where he has to know, like, yeah, based on how my contract is set up two years from now. I shouldn't be, you know, counting on being on this team. I should be very aware of the possibilities. I think it depends on a couple of things. I think it depends on the player, just generally how they think. Right. And I think Some don't on... even have a clue how much they're even paid because the agent right. handles every last bit of it. And I think it also depends on the agent. Does the agent say to the player as they're negotiating the contract, look, mm-hmm. these are the terms, but more than likely what's going to happen is, A, you're either going to restructure at this point or B, you'll get released and you'll get back on the market. You know, the good agents, I think, kind of prepare players for those kind right. of scenarios. But I also think that there are a lot of players out there that just say, look, I'm good. As long as I'm good and producing, they're going to pay me and I deserve to be paid. I don't think it ever, in order for them, I think, to to come to the realization that they might be cut, they would also have to accept the realization that they may their performance may drop off. And I don't know that that's how these guys think. Yeah, I mean... It- it really does, I think, in this tip, this type of situation, translate to everyday jobs that you know people all over the world have. To where, like, in certain industries, you can see, like, hey, you're heading up this department, and that department's falling off, and that part of the business is kind of dying. And sometimes those people are very aware of it, and they're kind of trying to look into other avenues because they can see the end coming. And others are going. What, what what do you mean you eliminated my job? You know, they they don't see it coming. They're too naive. They don't think it through. It's like, well, yeah, your, your part of the business was failing. Of course, you're on the chopping block. And sometimes you're on the chopping block when your part of the business isn't even failing. That happens too to good people in this country. Yeah, I totally didn't think about that until I finished talking and I could see your face. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, uh, I know where he's going with this one. <laughs> Every single day it happens to good men and women in this country. Um, no, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, but I think it is on Kittle's mind because if you remember, he was talking about that with Mike Silver before last year started talking about how he's not going to change the way he plays the game, even though he's been banged up a lot. And if the 49ers squeeze him after this year to take less money, he'll say pound sand because someone else is going to be out there willing to pay him what he thinks he's worth. That was another reason why I brought up his name as a guy that might not finish his contract. It was already on his mind. He didn't stumble upon that with Mike Silver by accident. And so I think in that specific case, yeah, he has thought about it. Yeah, whatever. You're wrong. You're a moron. <laughs> you got called out. You got dunked on. You loved it. You were I, I did. You a super I, quick I was giggling like a little schoolgirl when I had that. <laughs> you know, in all honesty, the uh, gif that I posted in response to that was pretty spot on. Like, I literally read it. I actually do think I was sitting on my couch. I was at home. And I did say, damn. And my wife goes, what? And I said, Rob just got dunked on by an actual player on the team. So I, I think I actually did say the exact words of that gif. Damn! It made for a very interesting afternoon for me. Like I literally, there was smoke coming out of my phone. That's how many responses and replies I were getting from people. And 99 point. You're somebody that has notifications on for Twitter. What is wrong with you? I like to know when people respond. Look, I interact with people. So load the app and look. I am a man of the people. All right. I interact. I'm here for my people. I think if I there's interact something, far more than you do on Twitter, and I don't have notifications on. If there is something happening, I need to know. And well, I, I get you. notifications, you know, like keyword notifications of like, you know, if the 49ers post or something like that. Do you have notifications on for anybody replying or liking? Yep. 
Anybody replying? Anything? If you comment on the, any YouTube video, it goes right to my inbox. I see it. I am instantly aware of it, and I read every single one of them. Don't ever, don't ever that think is I don't. Insane. But with I'm this already Kittle, annoyed because we share the gold standard email, <laughs> and some of the notifications that come to that email already annoy me. And I will admit to clicking on and unsubscribing to one of them because I was done with their spam. <laughs> what was it? The stat, stat, uh, stat. Oh yeah. I already unsubscribed like, Hey, you should look at this. Hey, we're capable of doing that. It's like, yeah, if I want to look up something, I'll look up something. Stop emailing me every day. Yeah. And I already unsubscribed to the free trial anyway. So, well, uh, I have it on my own email and it took me a couple of days to realize, oh, this is that email. That's why I'm suddenly getting these. I only signed up for that because I was so mad at people for arguing about why Sam Darnold could potentially be good. I needed to look something up and I knew specifically what I needed. And I was like, Stathead will have this for me. So I yeah. did the free trial, looked up the Darnold stat and then canceled the, yeah, <laughs> the see, free trial. I, right I have an ongoing subscription because at least once a month, one of those things pop into my, I have to look this up. I have to yep. see if this has ever happened before. And if I, if I can't look it up, it will drive me insane. Like I will, it'll literally sit on my mind. So I have to subscribe to that. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So earlier you said you think that one of the 49ers quarterbacks is going to work out and is eventually going to have to be someone... Right that the Niners are going to have to pay in order for that to happen. The 49ers themselves would have to handle these quarterbacks in such a way that would allow them to grow and flourish and reach their potential question. I asked to you earlier this off season, and I'll ask it again. Do you trust Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to do that? I trust them in one way and don't trust them in another way, depending on what part of the situation you're talking about. If you are talking about, do I trust Kyle to have a quarterback starting, put them in the right spot to succeed and figure out who, who is going to, you know, whether they're good enough, whether that is Lance because Purdy's not ready or Purdy once he's ready. Yes. I trust him in that scenario, but I don't trust them in him in is making the decision to get the roster to the point that it should be at its best possible spot to figure out what quarterback is. I don't trust them to not trade Trey Lance. It makes no sense for them to trade Trey Lance because the current situation is Brock Purdy is one minor setback away from not being ready until midseason. You know, one little thing doesn't quite go right in that. And it's literally going to be a, does he even play this season question instantly? And it's, too early because he hasn't started throwing to trust that he will be back early in the season. Thus, you can't trade Trey Lance and run the risk of having only Sam Darnold because that's what doesn't make sense. They say it's a win now. We can't let Trey Lance develop because we're a win now team. We're a Super Bowl contender and we're not going to waste a year. Yet you would trade Trey Lance and take the risk of Purdy having a setback and this great Super Bowl contending team is not going to win a Super Bowl because Sam Darnold's the only healthy quarterback. It doesn't make any sense to trade him. But I also don't trust Kyle Shanahan to not trade him because this is the Kyle Shanahan that was so infatuated with somebody that wasn't even technically a free agent for another year that he said, screw that, I'm not scouting any quarterbacks, even when, by John Lynch's own words, John Lynch saw Patrick Mahomes' pro day and said, hey, we should probably look into this guy. It might be the best pro day I've ever seen. And 
And Kyle was still arrogant enough to say, screw it. No, I'm not looking into it. You know, this is the same guy that kept sticking by Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, so I don't trust him to make the right decision. I don't think it's guaranteed that Lance is traded, but I won't be surprised at all because Kyle Shanahan has been arrogant every step of the way when it comes to quarterbacks, and he has fumbled that situation every single time. I don't think Lance is going to get traded, but I'm like you. I literally would not shock me in the least bit um, because I don't think Kyle views it as a risk. I think he thinks we're fine if if Brock can't go because we have Sam, and he loves Sam. Right. That's what I think people are not understanding. He does not view Sam Darnold the way the rest of the red-blooded football fan views Sam Darnold. No, he, he doesn't view Sam Darnold in the same way NFL defenses view Sam Darnold. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's why I wouldn't be surprised because then I think in his mind, it's not a risk. In his right. mind, he's like, hey, I can do it with Sam. I like Sam coming out. He's good. But I don't think that they will. What I'm, what I'm interested in is how do Kyle, I guess just Kyle really, because it'd be his call. How does Kyle handle things if the quarterback that he chooses to start in week one struggles and the team doesn't win? Because you need right. both of those things. We've seen right. Jimmy Garoppolo struggle, but the team won, so it was easier for Kyle to stick by him because he could always fall back on the, he played well enough for us to win, we're right. winning games. And people were not going to get really mad because ultimately fans just care about the wins and losses, most fans anyway. What does Kyle do if whoever it is, I don't care. You can pick the quarterback. If that quarterback struggles week one, week two, week three, because we potentially could have saw that last year with Trey Lance, but he got hurt really before right. he had Kyle had to deal with any of that. How do you think they handle that situation? Well, I, I think that the one scenario that this does not work out, uh, but should have or could have, you know, obviously there's the chance that just none of them are good enough to be a franchise quarterback. That's always a chance at this point when mm -hmm. literally the uh, most, I'm not counting Sam Darnold in this scenario. There's no chance of him being a franchise quarterback. He might be able to become, you know, salvage his career and have some chance of being a starting quarterback again. He's not a franchise quarterback. You know, he would be able to salvage his career in a, almost like Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders where like, yeah, he's a starting quality quarterback, but nobody believes that he's some Alex Smith great guy Chiefs. that's going to yeah. Um but in terms of Purdy and Lance, the the one the one way that I see Kyle potentially screwing it up, I guess is the way to say it, <laughs> is if Purdy is healthy, is inserted, and he plays mediocre. I don't think Kyle will pull him. It would be almost like the Jimmy Garoppolo scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is playing okay but he's not very good and he's not as good as you need to win a super bowl unless you get just very lucky in a you know baltimore ravens way where flacco went god mode for four games but i don't think he would make the switch at that point and so you don't see what trey lance is you never get to see that and trey Wait, lance goes on and goes somewhere else. you know what i mean that that's the scenario i see possible that kyle shanahan effed it up but in that scenario, are the Niners still winning despite the average play from Brock? Winning enough. I mean, this is a roster that y you could throw in Josh Johnson and probably still be pushing for playoffs. You know, like you, you don't need the quarterback to do anything other than not screw it up. This is as loaded of a roster supporting cast to a quarterback as you find in the NFL. To me, that's the one scenario that scares me. Obviously, they could Trey Lance. I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm not truly scared of it. It wouldn't shock me. I'm just not, not really weighing. You know, it's not weighing on my mind. The one that scares me is Brock Purdy plays, and is Jimmy Garoppolo esque good enough that this team's going to win a lot of games, but not good enough that you shouldn't be looking to see what Trey Lance is, and that that's the one that scares me because I think it has a very good chance of happening. But if yeah, so if Brock comes in and the offense is is playing like they played last year and Lance gets traded, it kind of hurts. But ultimately, like we still got a guy that's putting up 30 points a game. But if like you're saying Brock comes in and they're winning, but they're scoring like 19 points a game like they were with Jimmy Garoppolo before Christian McCaffrey arrived last year, right. then 
you're yeah, then you're kind of locked into a situation where you're good enough to not do anything drastic, but not good enough to ever be a real threat. You're like the Portland Trailblazers in the right. NBA who made the playoffs for like 22 straight years, something like that, and never came close to winning an NBA championship. That's the worst place to be. I think Brock Purdy, in all likelihood, I think the most likely scenario, the one I'm most confident in right now, is that he is a starting caliber quarterback in the league, but he's never going to be a 30-touchdown scoring quarterback. I think he's a very safe bet to be somebody that's very good at avoiding sacks, so he takes away some big negative plays, which is a big improvement on Jimmy Garoppolo. But he's also in that Jimmy Garoppolo mold where he, he turns the ball over a little bit more than than you want, and he doesn't get the huge numbers. You know, he's not going to be a 30-plus touchdown guy. I, I think that's the most likely scenario for Purdy, and that, that kind of aligns with what most people say, that he has a – at this point, Purdy's floor is very, very high, but his ceiling is not up here. Trey Lance's ceiling is here. It's just his floor is also down here. And that scares me because if he comes in and he he's capable of doing what Jimmy Garoppolo did, He's not going to get benched yet. The franchise quarterback is not answered in that scenario. And yeah, we're still in this sort of loop limbo of where we were. Right. That would still be an incredible return on Brock Purdy, by the way, for the last pick in the draft to play to that level. That would be well, okay. fantastic. Let me say this because that kind of, that type of stuff kind of annoys me when it comes to the quarterback position. I don't care about the return based on draft spot. Other positions. I think that does matter to a certain degree. You know, if you get a guy in the seventh round that's capable of being a starting anything, hey, that's good. But if you get a guy that's an above average starting quarterback, but not an elite quarterback, it's not good enough no matter how you got them. No, I know. But what I'm saying is like, let's say Brock never plays as good as he did last year ever again. That doesn't make Brock a disappointment. The fact that he's able to no. be a starter at all yeah. for him personally, that's incredible. And he should be proud of that. Um, now I had another point and I totally forgot what it was. Okay. Let me say this while you try to figure out what your point was. I would rather have Brock Purdy come back and bomb than come back and be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, but not better. Because I agree. if he bombs, they know he's not the answer and they can move on. If he comes back and he plays at Jimmy Garoppolo's level, they're going to be stuck in limbo for years and years because he's going to be too good to move on from but not good enough to actually get you over the top. Yes, I agree. And I think the 49ers are, I, this is going to sound bad. I feel like making the playoffs is almost as important to them as winning the Super Bowl. Like I think the idea of them missing the playoffs terrifies the 49ers. The Rams pushed all their chips into the middle and said, bleep it. We're going for it. And if we swing and miss, we strike out. And we'll deal with it then. The 49ers, I don't think, are willing to strike out. And I think that's the difference. And that leads to the scenario like you're talking about where they're winning games, but they're not really a threat, especially because if you want to win a Super Bowl, you are more than likely going to have to beat not just a great quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback in the AFC, whether it's Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or just freaking throw a dart and you feel like you land on one now. I, I do think that there is a difference of philosophy and the two teams have flat out said it. The Rams were Super Bowl or bust. The 49ers, they stated right from the start of this regime that they think you can build a sustained success level, that you don't have to go through this rebuild mode, that you can build a roster and be able to churn it over at the right times and stay as a contending team for indefinite period of time. Well, in order to do that, that means you don't do the all-in move. And so to me, I feel like this regime has the philosophy of just get in the playoffs and then see what happens. And that if that's your season, eventually you're going to win a Super Bowl. And that is better than saying, we're going to win one Super Bowl and then we're going to rebuild for three years and hope that we can make it back to the playoffs after three years. Like that that's that's the difference between these two. But I think if you ask most fans, they would say, give me the Super Bowl. I've, I'll sacrifice I don't think so. for three years. I think us, yes. But I think most fans would say, I don't want to be terrible. 
If you're saying you can guarantee a Super Bowl, yes. That's a different scenario. If you're saying you're guaranteed a Super Bowl once every five years, but you're going to be terrible the other four years, that's a different scenario. I would take that in a heartbeat. But if you're saying that, hey, you can make this move and you're going to improve your chances by an immeasurable amount this season while your team's really good, but it's going to screw your roster over in, in another year. I think in that scenario, most people would say, no, we're good enough now. But I feel like no matter what philosophy you take, right? If you're taking the 49ers and you say, hey, we want to contend every year and we think eventually if you scratch enough lottery tickets, you'll win the jackpot. Or if you're the Rams and you say, we're going to try for, you know, one, maybe two. Because don't forget, they did get to two Super Bowls. Um, and we'll take our chances with that. The solution to me is still the same. If you hit on your draft picks, and not every single one, of course, but a good number of them, you will have sustained success. And if you are terrible and you flame out after an attempt to go all in, you know how you get good again? You hit on your draft picks. So I feel like what what you should really be focused on if you're a team is not necessarily like, are we really scared of whether we should go all in or not? It's just kill the draft every year and you'll be good. If you're bad, you'll get good quickly. And if you're good, you'll stay good because you'll have a constant flow, a constant stream of cheap labor coming in. I get it. But when you go all in, that normally comes at the cost of draft picks. And you can say, well, sure, then just hit on the ones that you have left. The Niners are, I think we both agree, a really good drafting team towards the top of the league. But they have still missed frequently, especially in the first round. Mm -hmm. And I think they have the philosophy of give us a bunch of picks. We want as many darts on that board as possible. Well, when you go all in, you're not going to have that many darts. And you're probably going to be missing at least every other year, your big one, because you're not going to have your first round pick. I do think that there's a little bit of a difference there. The Niners, obviously, the Trey Lance move, that's why everybody says it. it's kind of odd and nobody can make sense of it because it goes against what they've been doing. It's more of an all-in move trading three first-round picks for anybody. But at the same time, they traded three first-round picks for a completely unproven commodity that had barely played football. Thus, it's more of a rebuilding mode. You know, what, what do teams do that are desperate to start winning again? They trade everything in the draft to get that one quarterback. So it's kind of like a, it doesn't quite mesh. You have a contending team that you think you can win year after year after year with, but you traded three first round picks for a really high upside boomer bust type of quarterback. And I think a lot of this goes back to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I finally remembered what I wanted to say earlier. I think that part of the, yes, I know I'm brilliant. I really wasn't <laughs> listening to you at all. I was just combing through my mind castle, trying to figure it out. Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, your big fear is that Brock plays like Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, we have to get that out of our minds. We have, he doesn't play for this team anymore. You, you don't measure your quarterback against Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it's the goal is soon, not Rob. too soon. The goal is not to just get a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. The goal is to get a great quarterback, who, which will also be better than Jimmy Garoppolo by default. I think that Kyle in 2021 was desperate to get more out of that spot than he was getting from Jimmy Garoppolo, both from an ability standpoint and from an availability standpoint. And that's part of the reason why they made the move to move up because again, they didn't move up for a player. They moved up for a spot because they thought that whoever they picked, they just wanted to make sure that whoever they picked in that spot was going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And that is not the way you need to look at it. That is not. And I, and it's the way a lot of 49er fans have talked about it. When we were talking about benching Jimmy, they were like, Oh, don't you remember the quarterbacks we had before? It was so bad before you can't, that's not how you evaluate it. Somebody is either good enough to get you to a Super Bowl or they're not. And it doesn't matter that you stunk before or had bad players at that position before. That's not how you judge it if you want to have a good team, right? Nobody looks at, you know, trying to think of a, a specific player here. Nobody looks at like a wide receiver and says, well, as long as they're better than A.J. Jenkins, then we're okay. It's like, no, A.J. Jenkins was horrible. You want a good wide receiver. 
But yet, I feel like with the quarterback, that's what we do sometimes. We just look at the most recent person, and then we ask, is what we're going to have better or worse than that person? And that's the wrong question to ask. We've talked about that guy every day for four freaking years since we've been a podcast. <laughs> I think it's okay to keep talking about him through the offseason at a minimum that he finally left. Like, yes, I think that is the measuring stick because this team is, if they get a quarterback who is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, they are a very, very high likelihood winning a Super Bowl in the next three years. If they get a quarterback that's Jimmy Garoppolo or worse, it's the coin flip still. That eh, if they get lucky, like they're they're there, the talent's there, just not quite at the quarterback, but the quarterback's not terrible. So maybe it can still happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is that measuring stick because if they're better, this is a Super Bowl winning team. Kind of like with your driving, right? If someone drives faster than you, you're like, whoa, this person's driving like a bat out of hell. But if the person drives slower than you, you're like, what is this person doing? They, they're going so slow. Speed up. Like you become the barometer for good driving. And then anyone on any other side of that is just totally unacceptable. <laughs> I used to get so frustrated with my dad when I was a kid. And I used to call him on it all the time, which I'm sure you can imagine because, you know, I, I have this history of keeping my mouth shut when I have an opinion. <laughs> But if he was in a hurry, unless you were driving 60 and a 30, he was cussing you out when he was stuck behind you because you weren't going fast enough. But if he wasn't in a hurry, he was that driving 25 and a 35. And it would drive me insane. And so if I looked over and I saw him going under the speed limit, I would I would say, you remember the other day when you were screaming at somebody because they were only driving 10 over? Well, now you're that guy, and there's somebody behind us that's screaming at you. Yeah, how did he respond to that? Just kind of laugh at me. Basically, like, you know, it's the, okay, little one, well, you're not driving, so, you know, eat rocks, kick rocks. Mm. I'm sure that's what he was. Eat rocks, kick rocks. (laughs) I guess you could eat them, too. I'm sure he was thinking something quite different. As a a father of two now and with an eight-year-old who's smart enough to – give me some crap back now and call me out on some stuff. I know what goes through my head. I'll just say that. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but I think I could speak for at least some of the dads out there uh, with kids that are old enough. All right. Last thing we want to get to, because you and I were arguing a little bit about this on Twitter back and forth. The biggest story I feel like almost in all of sports, except for maybe the NBA playoffs is the Sunday ticket prices were announced this week and it's not cheap. There's a a lot of numbers to throw around, but basically there's two different prices. There's prices for YouTube TV subscribers and there's prices for non-YouTube TV subscribers. It's cheaper for people that subscribe to YouTube TV. Um, There's a sale going on right now through June 6th. So if you subscribe to YouTube TV and you take advantage of the sale, it's $250 a year. If you don't subscribe to YouTube TV and you take advantage of the sale, it's $350 a year. Now, if you don't take advantage of the sale, it's $350 for YouTube TV subscribers. And if you don't take advantage of the sale and you're not a YouTube TV subscriber, it's $450 per season. And if you want the red zone, then it's going to be even more. Your initial reaction to the pricing, which I think kind of surprised a lot of people because they were hoping it was going to be cheaper. Pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like... I. I, I think I I am as good of a candidate to weigh in on this as anybody because I've had YouTube TV for I think four years now, maybe five, um, and I've had sun I've paid for Sunday Ticket I think for five six years in a row now, but at the same time I also in all but one of those years got a special rate on it, even though I wasn't a Direct TV customer because they had a college student rate. And YouTube has not said jack crap about that. So that pissed me <laughs> off right there. Because it was it was 100 bucks if you were a college student. Wow. It was digital only. So you only got digital. So you couldn't like, you know, you couldn't load it onto your TV or anything. Um, I mean, you could through if you had a smart TV that had the app and capable, you know, a Roku made it possible. But it was only, you know, only one person could watch. It was streaming only and all that. Um, but like 
this is just as expensive. Like everybody hoped it was cheaper, or at the very least, they would give you a cheaper option. Because I would pay 150 in a heartbeat just to have the Niner games. I'll watch whatever game is on my TV other than the Niner games, you know? Like that that's fine by me. That's what the league doesn't want, though. Right. None of the leagues want that. It's not just the NFL because they know that right. they can justify charging more by saying, oh, no, no, you get all the games, even though you don't give a crap about 85% of the other games, but they don't care. They do not want that individual bundle to be possible, and they have fought against it, kicking and screaming for years. But see, here's my counter argument to that, because I think it's a bit um, not looking at the full picture not diving deep enough to think that yes it's true i think a lot of people who do sunday ticket would just do a single team instead but what that means is those people that have would in this scenario have to get full sunday ticket and in mm -hmm. years past have had to get full sunday ticket which means they watch full sunday ticket all the time what do most people watch unless it's their favorite team's game on sunday ticket the red zone because it's just essentially like getting to see every touchdown if those people only get to watch their favorite team and then after that have to go back to broadcast TV, what does that do for ratings? Causes the ratings to go up. Yes. Right? So that In allows theory. them to negotiate higher TV contracts. Like, they get that money one way or the other. I think it's short-sighted to just say, yeah, all these people will just get the, get the cheaper one. And that, that's the only part of the money equation. I think that they're, what they would say to you is, guess what, Levin? We're already getting more and more for the regular TV packages now, and we're charging you an extra arm and a leg for the Sunday ticket. So we're already winning on both ends because ultimately they know you're not going to just stop watching football. Right. It's, it's almost like insulin for a diabetic. Like no matter how much they charge you for the insulin, you're going to die without it. So you pay it. And I think they look at football the same way. It's in economics terms, it's called an inelastic good. No matter how much. The price goes up. Demand remains the same. Well, as somebody that is currently in school to get my MBA, if they give a college option for a hundred bucks, I'm fine with anything else and I'll stop complaining. <laughs> That's what I want. That's a lot of money. I, you know, I don't have YouTube TV. I have Red Zone. Um, I don't think I'm going to be forking over $250 a year to buy I know you're not, because I know how you watch the games, and we don't need to get into the details of that, but I know how you watch the games, because we've talked about it, because I pay for it every year, and yes, uh, if they have not enough, I'm, I'm holding out to the last day, but as a YouTube TV subscriber, if it is June 5th, and they have not announced a college option, which there was, like I saw that in the comments, that was some of the top comments responses was, what the heck happened to the college option? Mm -hmm. Um if they don't announce that by June 5th, I will be paying the 250 I'm sure. You're going to be forking it out. And that's what they know. They know that. I mean, there's a reason they make all this damn money. There's a reason these team values don't go down ever, 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 ever. Daniel Snyder's about to sell the Commanders for $7 billion to whoever the hell he decides to sell it I mean, to. There's a very good reason why I have to fork it over. I can't live without watching a Niners game. And uh, I'm not going to get into too many details because I might have certain people involved in my career that could see this. But there is a scenario where I am not at home on a Sunday. And if I have to watch the way in which you watch, that would not be possible. But if I subscribe and it's a credible site that doesn't have pop-ups and all that, I can watch still. When is the last time you completely did not see a single second of the 49ers game that week for whatever reason. Couldn't tell you. Me either. I was trying to think of it. I think the, you know what I actually, it, it would I, probably be going. Yeah. I would say in all likelihood, it would have been during the 2011 season because I was not making good money yet. So you didn't have like, yeah, okay. So you just had the regular package. I think that for me, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember this distinctly. It was the year Brett Favre was on the Vikings and they played the 49ers. And the reason I couldn't watch the game is because I was traveling for work. If it was 2009, I was traveling for ESPN and I was on a flight 
And I remember this because the first thing I did when the flight landed, when everybody is standing up for some reason, I turned on my phone and I immediately went to check the score of the game. And I went on online or on Twitter. I don't know what it was. And I remember seeing that, oh my God, Brett Favre had thrown this touchdown with no time left on the clock and the 49ers blew a lead. That was the last time that I didn't see a single second of the 49ers game. You know where I was during that game? I was working at Office Depot. I just graduated college. I was working at Office Depot as a technology salesperson, so I didn't have to like do anything but stay in tech and sell computers to people. And we had the game pulled up on one of the computers and like along our row of computers. And yeah, I was standing in the aisle when it happened. And not <laughs> was not amused. Yeah, no, that's no good. As if I didn't hate Brett Favre enough already. Uh, let us know in the in the comments here. Drop us a, a rating and a review and put it in your review. The last time you went a week without watching the 49ers and tell us the reason why. Hopefully it's so like good reason. You, you were a little different because your job was literally to watch. Yes, that's uh, true. And I would argue it's probably been your job to watch for even before SB Nation because you worked for Pro Football Talk before that. So, oh yeah um but for me it, it wasn't my job but you know what i told my now wife on our first date granted we knew each other some because we met online so we'd been talking for like a month before we went on a date i explained to her that i was a sports journalist i had just left media i said i was a sports journalist sports are very important to me some sports games won't be as important as others but don't mess with my sundays in the fall I literally set that as one of the first ground rules to even push forward with a serious relationship because I have no interest in being in a relationship where I'm going to be ridiculed or guilt tripped or any of that for wanting to watch football on Sunday. That doesn't mean I don't do anything. Occasionally I miss like, you know, the game opposite of the Niners, you know, uh, but Niner games. Yeah. Like my, my schedule will revolve around the Niners game time. It is amazing that you even got another date after that, let alone <laughs> married this person. Look, She's a saint. To me, no, it, it's very simple. If that wasn't okay, then why pursue this? Because I'm not going to be happy in the relationship <laughs> and neither are you. So why, why continue? So set the thing. I, I'm a very, like, I talk things out. I'm not typical male. I just don't talk anything. I said, here, here's the things that are important to me. And... For me to be with somebody, you don't have, the way I put it is, you don't have to be into it. You don't have to get into football, but you have to allow me to watch. That was your deal breaker. It is a deal breaker. That has been uh, reiterated <laughs> so, a few times over the years. So it still applies. So then if, if she gave you a hassle for watching the game, you'd call off the marriage? <laughs> well, no, like there, there have been times when like there is something that comes up or that she's wanting to do. And it's like. Or like we schedule something without realizing what time it was. And then we look and we go, hey, that's during the Niners game. And it's, no, we're canceling the other thing. <laughs> the other thing I, I mean, remember... I, I've missed a quarter here or something like that. But yeah, like, yeah. Because stuff comes up. And granted, my kid's only, she's just going to be turning three next month. So things could change here soon when she's playing sports because sports leagues love to play on weekends. So my kids games will come before Niner games. Sign up for the soccer league on Saturdays. That's all I'll say. Um, last thing for me, I remember watching the Niner Saints game in 2019 from my wife's family's Christmas party. They have to rent, they rent out like a big hall and they do a whole big event. And literally like she's off with the kids, interacting with the cousins, doing all this thing. I'm sitting at the table with my father-in-law and we're watching 49ers Saints, George Kittle, fourth down makes the catch trucks a billion people sets up robbie gold niners win i was not home for any of that game i was at that christmas party watching it on my phone the whole time thank god for technology well i, ca I can't even imagine what people had to do back in the day thank god we live in an era where pretty much if i want to watch something i can get it on my phone it might cost me money but i have the ability to get it yeah see i see those potential scenarios like a christmas party and I head them off early. <laughs> I make it known, hey, this weekend, the Niners game is at the, like, I have told my wife, like, when her, in, when her parents are coming, I say, make them aware that the Niners game is at this time, so don't expect to do anything during that. 
time. <laughs> Schedule comes out in May, right? We'll know exactly when they're playing. I will tell my wife that like a month in advance, and then I'll remind her a second time normally before they show up. Like, hey, Niners game's on Sunday. It's a four o'clock game. We're East Coast, so it's four o'clock game. You know, and, you know, be aware that we can do stuff before four, but at four o'clock, I will be at home. We are not well-adjusted humans. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm fu- but it's okay. I'm I, fully I completely willing. disagree because I am somebody that knows what I like and I'm going to get what I, you know, do what I like for the things that are truly important. Obviously there are sacrifices. I don't get everything. I don't, I don't watch the NBA pretty much anymore because I know that football is taking up so much of my time that it's not going to be worth telling my wife, Oh no, I have an NBA game to watch or anything like that. So like there's definitely been sacrifices in certain sports. I've just pretty much become a casual viewer of. Yeah. And I think that happens too, just generally as you get older and you have more responsibilities, you don't have time to watch as many sports as you once. Until you're like old and retired. Like my parents, my parents watch more sports than anybody I know. Every, I, I share my YouTube TV with them. Oh, Hey now. Um, they, uh, every single night during NBA season, when they're sitting at home, you know, it's eight, nine o'clock. They got the, whatever NBA game is on. That's what they're watching. Sunday. They're watching football. Saturday. They're watching football. Yeah. That's all they do. But that's also probably why I am the way I am when it comes to sports. Don't try and blame your parents for you being the way that you are. Don't blame anybody. Blame? It's a thing. <laughs> Last thing before we go, uh, I want you to eat a giant pile of shit because my Quinnipiac Bobcats are the national hockey champions. So I don't want to hear you making fun of my school or any of that. Okay. D1. When you only play one sport and all resources get to go to one sport. D1 <laughs> champions. They were down 2 nothing in the second period, and then they came back and stuck it to Minnesota. It was awesome to watch, and you know what? Eat it. National champs, baby. Go Bobcats. I, I might care a little bit if I still lived in North Dakota where college hockey is the professional sport, but I don't. Well, the national championship trophy sits in Hamden, Connecticut tonight. That's going to do it for this edition. Are you going to touch it? I don't know. I have to go see it, I guess. Is that going to be a possibility? It could be. Maybe I'll go take a picture next to it and send it to you. Brace yourself for that. I, I want it behind you. Replace that trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Replace the fantasy football trophy or fantasy baseball and get the national. I'm sure they'll loan it out to me for I'm an alumnus. What the hell? Uh, It's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube page and rate, review and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Leave it in your review. When's the last time you missed a 49er game? And what was the reason? I can't wait to read some of those responses, Levin. And, uh... I'll talk to you next week.